Oh, yeah. That's the Joe Newman Quintet, of course, with Joe Newman, uh, with Wednesday's Blues. Joe Newman is on trumpet. Frank West is on tenor sax. Tommy Flanagan is on piano. Eddie Jones on bass. Oliver Jackson on drums. This is from Newman's 1960 album, Jive at Five. This is Lead Stories. I'm Eutrice Lead, and we come back to each other again to follow up with uh, another round of questions about the times we're in and what do we make of them. What is happening, really? I mean, people would say, well, such and such is the case. This is happening. News cycles will tell us these are the main stories of the moment. But what is your feeling, your interpretation of what is going on at this time? 888-874-4888 is the number to call. We're going to continue from yesterday when we started asking these questions and answering them as well. Um, and so we have room for your view. It would be very, very good to hear what you're thinking about what's going on. Where are we as a nation? Where are you as an individual uh, or with your family? How are we coping with the ever-changing scenarios that we have to deal with and still doing so without knowing for sure that what we know is, is the actual fact of it. It's not a good time in that respect. It's not a good time, but this is how life goes. We have to cope with what is and uh, we have to have a, uh, some kind of way of dealing with it. Because this is life. This is how it goes. 888-874-4888. So let me ask a question. I'll just, this is a general question, but you, of course, will have your own take on it. If you had your druthers, had the power to change the American political system, would you? What kind of system would we then have? If you had your druthers and the power to change the American political system, would you? And if so, what kind of system would we then have? We'll start off with that question. It's an easy one, but it is not as simple to answer as you, you will find out when you ponder the question closely. 888-874-4888. That's the question we're starting out with today. What is your thinking on that question? If we had the power to change our political system, if you had the power to change a political system, would you? And if so, what kind of system would we then have? 
There it is. There's no more information needed to fill out that question. It's the answers that we're interested in. 888-874-4888. Of course, we'll be getting to the issues of uh, today. Um, We'll also pick up from where we left off yesterday, specifically. But it is all the same kind of... it's, It's all in the same bag, if you will. It's all related. And this is a time to to think about these things. Uh, what answers, therefore, do you have? Or what suggestions, therefore, do you have for our current dilemmas? How would they improve life? How would they help us Uh, live better, more productively. Sage from New York, you start us off today. You're on the air. Yes, uh, good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon. I would like to give the answer as a new political system based on the truth. I think uh, I've been following all of these problems and complications that we've had between the government and different governments and even inside our government is all based on what they call propaganda. They call it um, different uh, definitions as just averting from the truth. So I think if we had a new political system based only on the truth and politics, then we can we can carve through all of this nonsense and people lying and having things based on lies and you have to find out if the lie was actually based on fact or not and we waste we waste a lot of time and it adds a lot of confusion to the entire system as we have it now so i would you even realize the I, obvious the obvious question next very next question would be what is the truth who who gets to tell you or who gets to decide what is the truth well, I think, uh, like we have in the uh, the Constitution, I think there's a Second Amendment about freedom of the press. I think we should stretch that out a little bit so it's not just freedom, it's also the freedom to tell the truth. So if you make a report through any of the corporate um, media outlets or even the alternative outlets, you know, you have to be able to back it up, verify that these this is a true statement that you're making. We can't just be left with uh, a half-truth and everybody just goes on that and then later on to find out that that was not the truth. So I think we have to make a change to the Constitution so that we can tighten up that area about freedom of the press. Okay. Some may say, well, there are aspects of that now we have at least a commitment to some aspects of that, what you're saying. Now, why aren't we fulfilling those things? Well, that's the problem that we're having now. We're not fulfilling those things. Everybody's giving their own version and saying this is the truth or 
believe me because I said it, and that's where the confusion is stemming from. I think from we have to make that change now from the from from the base that from here on out you have to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. If you're speaking into politics or you're speaking over the uh, the uh, media outlets, you know you can't just say anything that you can't back up. And if you're found to be saying something that is uh, scandalous and is not true, then you should be subject to some sort of uh, penalty that leads to, uh, you know, harsh penalty like leads to jail time so that you, we can get all this lying out of the system. <laughs> you do realize that you, you may end up having more people inside than outside. Yeah, well, you know, it, it may it may leave us with just the good people, you know, on the outside, and all the the liars and locked up inside, and then maybe we'll have peace. Oh wow! Maybe that's what well, it'll take, you know. But I think, really, I'm basically I'm boiling it down to the truth because I think, you know, if we just if everyone would stop giving some sort of false opinions or you know. It's causing an enormous amount of confusion out here, and everything is being is so complex now. You know, by the time you gotta unravel what somebody said to you, uh, you know, time has gone by, and there's another uh, propaganda that's been put out there, and then you're busy chasing that one. You know, and in the meantime, people like. Um, the leaders of this country can go ahead and say certain things and we have to supposed to believe it wholeheartedly but then we later find out like years later we find out or decades later we find out that wasn't the truth it was all based on a lie so i think that's got to stop we got to stop that right here from now on from there on out we have to base everything on the truth i mean we have to stand on the truth in everything that we say and let's see what will happen Let's have a, a, a political platform based on the truth. And I, I, I came up with a name called Truthocracy, you know, to be a third a party. Truthocracy. Truthocracy, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that can go alongside the Republican Party, the Democratic Party. Now you have the Truthocracy Party. And I think a lot of more people will gravitate to the truthocracy because they know the basic meaning of what that means. We want the truth, you know. You hear that clamoring a lot of times from a lot of people making different statements in, in different political areas, you know. People have been lied to, and, uh, you know, every news report that I hear, I hear the lies that come out, you know. And because somebody lied, these people are in jail, they're in a pickle, they're... You know, they're fighting against one another. This is worldwide. So I think we have to turn back to the truth, you know, basic truth, and let that be our, let the truth do the fighting for us, you know. Let the truth be the confrontation against all of the people that were purport lies, I mean, uh, to enrich themselves and to maneuver people into wars or whatever, you know. Let the truth do the fighting for us. They have to. So what, you say, what you're saying, uh, as I get it, the, the thing you say is to the, the greatest change would be to put it front and center of 
our political lives would be what you call truthocracy or just the truth and return, get some kind of sense of honor about what we put out there as truth. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, frame it like that. And uh, I think that will give everybody a nice, uh, more feeling of security that, okay, now we're traveling on this road. Now we're going to go forth and we're going to tell the truth to each and every one of us. And if we're found to be, if someone is found to be lying, that person is going to have to pay a heavy price. Because, you know, you can lie on a person and that could actually put that person in an electric chair. And then later on you find out that it was based on a lie. But you can't bring back that life. And if you look at it on the broader scope, you know, a lot of people in these wars have have lost their lives based on a lie, you know, in different countries around the world, you know, based on somebody saying something that wasn't true just to benefit themselves, you know, just to divert the, the, the opinions of other people to make them feel that they have to defend themselves or whatever, but it wasn't based on the truth, and then people lose their lives, or people are thrown in jail, or people's whole... Uh, living arrangement is upset, you know? So, like, when they took away the housing in, uh, what was it, 2008, when they based all the uh, all those mortgages on a false situation, they were bungling all those mortgages and sending them overseas. That was all, it was based on a lie. You were, by the law, you were not supposed to take any New York property and send it overseas to be uh, owned by anybody overseas. So that right there, that was, it shouldn't have happened, you know? But look at all the people that lost their homes, and we were promised by Obama that he would rectify the situation when he got into office. And now we're in, now that he's out of office, we're in the worst place in, than we were before. All right, so, well, you put your theory out. Let's see how people are reacting to it, Saint. Thank you so much for getting us started today and for introducing this idea. Randy from New Jersey, you're on the air. Hi, good afternoon, Latrice, and good afternoon good to the PRN family. How have Thank you, you been? Thank you, good afternoon. Yes, um, I think I would like to offer a understanding about the politics that we're dealing with. The politics that we're dealing with presently, globally, is about economic resources and it's always been about the economics whether it be the stuff that's natural from the earth or the currency that people are exchanging now so the if i had the ability to make a change of the um, political reality that we're dealing with it would focus on the economics and so therefore i would propose to create a political system that deals with human development. And human development is about making sure that our children are properly nourished and they get an opportunity to uh, thrive in a good environment, that we take care of our senior citizens, 
uh, as, as, as people age and that we are in a system that uses the talents and skills of working people to create wealth that gets invested in the development and the care of humanity. The political struggles that we have currently, uh, the agenda is about the bottom line. And many of the speakers that you have uh, on your program have talked about the reality of this capitalist system. And whether it be capitalism or socialism or communism, I don't think that we need to use any of those labels because it sets in motion a, uh, uh, a preconceived notion about what that looks like. But we all understand human beings. Parents care about their children. They care about their families. No matter where you are on the planet, no matter what religion, no matter what language you speak, no matter what your economic status is, you care about your family. You want to make sure your kids are safe. You want to make sure your family's safe. And you want to be able to move into your golden years without um, insecurity of, of poverty or, you know, starving or being homeless or uh, not getting proper medical attention. So if we focused our talents and resources and created a system where the economy is basically, instead of going to boards of directors that sit back and become oligarchs, and go around the planet and manipulate political parties and rulers and leaders uh, for their own ends, that we actually have a system where those resources that are generated go back into creating a holistic, humanistic agenda for the humanity of the planet. Well, what you're outlining is in direct contradiction to what we have now. Yeah, I know. How, how do you help people get there from well, I mean, here? People are unsatisfied with what's going on right now, and that's what all this tension is. The brother that was speaking before me was talking about the fact that when you, you, bro you broached the topic with him about whose truth is being represented. Well, you can't argue with the fact that a baby needs um, nourishment from their mother or, their, or, or someone that's the caretaker of the baby. That's not political. That's reality. That's the child needs to eat. If the child doesn't eat, the child's going to cry. It's going to, you know, and if it, it doesn't get any proper care, it's going to die. The same thing with uh, anybody. If you don't have good food, if you don't have uh, uh, clean drinking water, if you don't have clean air to breathe, and if you don't have proper nutrition, you're going to get sick, you're going to have disease, and you're going to end up being um, 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 subject to uh, what we currently have, which, was a, which is a pharmaceutically-based uh, healthcare system that does not care about really making sure that people can live, but they are actually maintaining sickness so that they can continue to make profit. Um, it's almost like the light bulb. If you can make a light bulb in the last 100 years, you're not going to make any money. So you make one in the last 100 hours, 
then people keep going to the store to buy light bulbs. So what I'm suggesting is that people already understand that there are tension and that that exists in terms of us having to go out and work to pay for um, 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 more. Uh, we pay more for less services. We the, the value of the dollar is diminishing. There's inflation, um, you know, and um, uh, prices keep going up and up. Um, you know, uh, look at the gas crisis. Everyone's talking about the price of fuel. Um, and, and the fact that, listen, if we stopped going to buy gas in mass for a whole week, I guarantee you that the gas price would drop in half. But people don't have the ability to come together to understand that the reason the price is that high is because people are willing to go to the pump and pay for it. They may complain about it, but they're still going to go and plop that dollar down and, you know, stick a nozzle in the tank. So we have to understand what power we have when we uh, work collectively together for our common interests. And I think that we have that innately within us, but the narrative and the conversation that is being propagated through uh, social media and through print media and through corporate media is that people can never get together with individualistic and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is that corporations and banks and insurance companies and militaries work through aggregate human energy. They combine all of everyone's uh, 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 collective energy so they can maintain the power. And we have to take that power back for ourselves. How, how long do you think such a transition would take and how would we know it's working? Uh, there are a couple of examples. Um, we could look at the uh, bus boycott uh, back in um, the civil rights era when folks started stopped riding the buses and the bus companies started to lose the ridership and they therefore started to lose the money and it didn't take long for them to turn their policy around in terms of uh, eliminating the um, uh, policy of having folks sit in certain parts of the bus. Um, so, I mean, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it was, let's say, the divestment movement that happened uh, when corporations were investing in South Africa uh, at the height of Mandela's, you know, political um, um, imprisonment and his um, um, ascension um, as a political prisoner with consciousness, people said, hey, this is wrong. Why am I buying Coke? Or why am I investing in, in uh, why, am I, my, why are my pension funds uh, invested in uh, companies that do business in South Africa? So let's divest. And when you start talking about divestiture, people said, oh, wait a minute, maybe we should look, re reexamine the one person, one vote principle uh, uh, that they, the ANC of this was talking about. Um, yes, he was in prison for a very long time, but once people started to actually speak with a common voice about how the money gets distributed, the change happened rapidly. So if folks said, hey, we're not going to pay $4.50 for, for, um, for gasoline, or in some cases maybe higher than that. So if the unions got together with the clergy and with the political organizations, they're like, we're going to have 
a, a gas, we're going to have a, a, a boycott of, of, of not buying gas. Um, and that's it. You know, fill up your tank one time and be done with it. And don't go back to the pumps for an entire week. That could happen overnight. But it's the willingness of people to go and exercise that, to have the ability to say, hey, we can work together to make the change. And we don't have to rely on somebody else to do it because we are the change. When we change our behavior, things will change. Okay. I like your answer, Randy. Thank you so much for offering it for our consideration today. Thank you. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. We're continuing from yesterday. We're following up with questions and issues that we are going to explore. Um, it is refreshing to me because with every call, you get such an incredible reaction that you didn't expect. And what is even more incredible is that it's been there for a long time. So we've also been missing out on uh, the ideas that people have that can improve our lot, but we've never heard them. We have never made room to hear them. 888-874-4888. The question is, if you had your druthers and the power to change the American political system, would you? And what kind of system would we then have? I repeat it. If you had your druthers and the power to change the American political system, would you? And what kind of system would we then have? So far, we we batting pretty well. We have two for two. Uh, our two callers are saying, yes, we have the power to change things. And they both are citing the need for people to come together around common ideas. Uh, things that they have in common, organizing and producing a new result, a new way of life based on what we have in common. What do you say at 888-874-4888? Brother Dave, you are on the air. Uh, good afternoon, all. Uh, you know, if I look at the, the question... I think of, uh, let's say, uh, spoiled, rotten food. Uh, I don't think, uh, for the most part, you can reform uh, spoiled food and it's rotten and that's it. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't think you can reform the system politically that we have here. I mean, our problem is, uh, from the start, the Constitution, let's say, let's start there, uh, was written by ruling people, and it's still in effect today. Uh, there's some things that I would look at if I made those changes. 
For example, uh, I get rid of the Senate. The Senate doesn't uh, make sense to me. It's uh, a, a system where uh, people uh, are representing states uh, that you could have three or four people in the state and 20 million in another state and they still have two representatives. That's, that's not going to get you democracy in the whole nation. So uh, that's a change. Uh, I think the Constitution should say more about voting. And that should be something that is available to all adult persons in the country, regardless of uh, sex, male or female, and that is important. Uh, and I think also that a political system that is in complete control of the ruling elite that runs the country uh, is not going to give up easily. Then, then that, this system doesn't work for the masses of people under American capitalism. So uh, that's going to be a tough one. Um, we don't have political parties other than the two groups that run the place, the Republicans and Democrats. And uh, uh, I, I think we could have a system where all kinds of parties could be viable and run. Uh, I think that politically, if you allow uh, uh, people to pay uh, into the uh, elections as the system of campaign contributions, I don't think you can have any kind of uh, just system that benefits the people. Because the whole system that we have politically benefits just a small group. So we need some big changes and uh, changes to the Constitution to have a system that would be designed to benefit the masses of people rather than the one that we have now that benefits first and foremost the ruling elite in the 1% that live here. So, and that 1% is so powerful, it rules a lot of the world. So the politics, uh, also people uh, who became the representatives in whatever type of constitution that benefits the people uh, would not be able to have uh, unending tenure in their positions forever, and everybody who's representing the people should be willing to have a forensic study of their family and their friends uh, and, and uh, of their finances uh, before they take a position or run for a position and during the time when they're in position and after when they leave with this uh, end of their tenure that won't last forever. So those are just some of the changes, but we have to take the power out of the hands of the ruling elite and put the hands politically into the hands of the people who do not 
have it now. What would you tackle first as being the most uh, egregious problem that we are, we are suffering under as a nation right now? Um, well, that, <laughs> that's the hard one. The, the, the hardest one is to, let's say, educate people to the system they are living in. Now, I think that's important because, you know, I, I've talked to lots of people, and many people that I see and hear about are completely oblivious, completely oblivious to how this system works and why they're in the position of, let's say, poverty and uh uh, why they're in this position where a few people have the mass of the wealth and income and others do not. They, they are completely confused that uh, they think they're in a position of democracy when this is not a place of democracy because uh, we just don't have it. This is plutocracy governed by the ruling elite. So that's the hardest thing because people don't understand why this system exists like this and they're being played so well, so very well, and I underscore that, by the ruling elite to have them going up against each other with so-called uh, white supremacy, racism, and and all the ways that those in power can divide people up. So people are so divided, even though in numbers they're the mass of the people here, but they're so well controlled by those who rule. And so that would be the first thing I would do is to have a massive campaign of education about how the system is working against the people and most people haven't got a clue all they can think about is the less of two evils republican or democrat and that's it and they don't understand that this is the biggest game in the world how you play the people who live in this country against their own interests so that would be i'd say the first thing we have to do and after that it would mean uh, taking action, uh, let's say physical action, uh, uh, whatever that means, you know, demonstration or else, and uh, people have to get to that point, and they would have to understand the uh, strategy of the rulers when any rebellion looks like it's coming, that is one day, as I said, before uh, throwing out the bones. So don't let them throw out a couple of bones to quiet you down uh, because uh, they may throw out bones, but as most people should know, when they have a chance, Oh, we lost, we lost brother Dave. I don't know what happened. 
But we'll continue. Okay. E from Edgewater, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon, E. What's going on? Well, you know, our most important resource that we have in the world, and it's always been this way, is oxygen, fresh air. And we have this species on this planet called human beings that would sacrifice that good air just so they can get around faster. You know, throw the baby away with the bath water just so we can get around faster. So what the other caller was saying about the gas, that if we all decided not to use the gas, then they would, then we would be able to change something. We already bought into it so long ago that we're trapped now, and there's no way out of this trap. The people, the ruling class that have been in control all this time, it's taken thousands of years to get it to, to the way they have it now. And it's not going to just be changed just because we, we, we want it that way. It's going to take a lot more than people just saying, I'm not going to go to the gas pump. What about the people that have to get to work every day and they got to use the gas? The problem is not the gas, it's the car, and it's us that buy into these inventions that aren't good to buy into. Why would you want a machine that's going to poison your most important thing just so you can get around faster? That doesn't benefit all of us. That only benefits the rich people that don't have to deal with that. They, they can live in nicer places, you know? Like with the school system. You could, you could choose not to go into debt for 100 grand to get a college education well, then you wouldn't have a college education then, and then you'd be at a big disadvantage. So really, you're trapped. You have no choice. You have to go into debt so you can keep up with the, with the Joneses. You know, the rich people can send their kids to all the prestigious universities and let them get this nice so-called education so when they get out, they get the good jobs. And we have to all go into major debt to do that. So we should have never bought into that system that, that separates people by money. We, we bought into it. We've been tricked. We've allowed it to little by little, real subtle-like, because they're so good at what they do. Manipulate us into hating each other. Manipulate us into destroying this planet so we can get around faster. And, and this is where we stand here. And this is why we're all confused and we're all mixed up and we don't know what the heck to do. Because we didn't know when to say no. We didn't know. But it sounds like you are writing an obituary as if there is no hope. What, is, what hope is there then? Right. The only hope is that there's a supernatural force that's going to come and straighten these things out because the, the evilness that's going on on this planet right now is at such a point that it's, it's, I, I, I can hardly even stand to be here anymore. My only joys in life is having something decent to eat. And I, and, and I, and I run to all the things that I used when I was little to comfort me. 
You know, we didn't have a, uh, a house, we didn't have a car, but we had plenty of cakes and candies and, and sweets to, like, placate us, so to make up for what we didn't have. And then you get used to uh, associating those bad things to eat with, with good times. And then we, that's another trap that you get into. And then you've eaten all kinds of things to comfort yourself because everything's so screwed up. And, and, and at the same time, you're making yourself sicker and sicker. And this is just what they want for us. Yeah. Talk about hope. I don't know. You know, we, if we have a press that lies to us constantly and we're depending on the press to tell us the truth and all we're getting is lies. So, so how could you trust that? When they tell me to drink milk, for 30 years I drank milk thinking it was the good thing to do, cow's milk. Yeah, we didn't have coconut milk, soy milk, rice milk back in the 50s and 60s, so we drank milk. We thought it was, the government told us, if you want strong bones and you want to be healthy, you have to drink this cow's milk. And I did it because I wanted to, to trust my government and trust the things that my parents were telling me. They got tricked. My grandparents got tricked. The people before them all got tricked. It's one big giant trick going on, one after another. And they're habitual liars, and they cover one lie up with, another, with the next lie, they tell us. I don't know about hope anymore, Yatrice. It's terrible. But you, 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 you have to have something that keeps you going that inspires you despite all the things that you have enumerated today to keep on going what what in your case is that something what do you depend on to keep on going my belief in a higher power the belief that if i tell the truth if i try to do good things that I can do in my life and I don't do anything against anybody to hurt them and I try to be conscious about the planet around me I don't spray poison on my property even though everybody else is spraying it like it's like it's the best thing in life to have a green lawn let's let's destroy the planet and it will be well, there'll be nothing left but green lawns and no people to look at them yeah my belief my strong belief in that and, and that's what keeps me going, to know that there, there could be a better thing somehow that there can all be straightened out in some way. If you have faith, that's what it's all about, because you don't know for sure. So that's what faith is all about, believing in something that you feel strongly about that will straighten things out in the end, because this evilness has to be conquered. And I'm here to see that that happens. So that's why I call in and, and I try to bring up these points and show people what they're overlooking because they happen subtly and nobody pays attention that the Russians were taking us up to the space station for 10 years. No problem with that. If, we, if Putin had a problem with us, how come he was doing that, us that great favor? Nobody seems to think about that. And now as soon as we, we don't need the Russians anymore to send them, because we, we finally got our own shuttle at 10 years, 
now we don't need the help, so now everything goes crazy? It just doesn't make any sense. Thank you for contributing and causing us to think some more. Uh, There's no harm in thinking at all. In fact, it is so necessary, perhaps more so than we ever knew, but it is time we get to doing uh, the thinking that we haven't done for so long. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you today. Mohammed from New York, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, Eutrice, and good, good afternoon, afternoon to all my classmates, and I Thank wish you the very best. You know, I'm just amazed that, you know, to hear from our, my classmates what they bring into the, to the picture. Uh, I'm going to just say this. This system has to be deconstructed because it's not built on justice. There are 12 jewels in life that we always pursue. Some of us are conscious of it, and some of us are not conscious of those jewels of life. And I'll tell you what they are. Number one is freedom, justice, and equality. The next thing we look for, food, clothing, and shelter. The next things we look for is knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And then we look for peace, love, and happiness. In this particular country, this system is going to be deconstructed because it's unjust and it's no equality and it's no freedom. Just going back to food, clothing, shelter, that's something we all look forward to. And today, in this particular country, so many people don't have access to food and shelter. So we need to deconstruct the system, and we are we're going to take it apart and we're going to rebuild it, this particular system. Now, all the people we have, those who have all the money, I'll say the wealth, the money, that money does not belong to them. Money is, I'm going to give you three definitions of money. Money is a store of value. It's a medium of exchange. And this is a Muhammad definition. Money is the result of your effort, your hard work, and your labor and your time and your life energy. And that's what the people that have the money have benefited from. The people who did the work, they received the money and didn't give people fair compensation for what they really created. So those are my definitions of money. Now, there's so many much, many more of us than them. So some of the things we have to do, we're not a united people. When you look at other countries, you look at other groups, it's something that holds them together, and that's their culture. And just by that, I mean by the culture, you're looking at a language, you're looking at a particular food, and those of us who travel, we know that. I'll give you an example. I live here, and I live in Puerto Rico. The difference between here and Puerto Rico is language, although we have English here, we have different kind of foods, different kind of herbs and spices, but I've never, well, I see it in our Latino communities. We have the way we dress, the music, the, the history. When you go to school, you learn your grammar in the early years. Then you learn your history. And then you learn about the culture. And those are what hold people together, their particular culture. In this country, they've divided people and by design so you can't come together. 
So when people come together, you need something to unite around. And that goes into say, education of who you really are. And all of us come here gifted and talented, but many of us don't discover our gifts and talent, so we don't really achieve what we've been already endowed with. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, how many eyes do you have? I have two. Well, I should know how many eyes do you have. What, what is an eye? How would we define an eye? Well, you see, you're taking us off our trend. And what we want to do is, I want to get answers from you. I don't want to get questions from you. I want to get okay. answers to the question that, or the questions that are being raised. Not more questions. We'll have to come back for round two of that. But okay. right now, what is what is the uh, better solution you think to the, the the system that we have now? What would it look like? What does it look like? Okay, we have to do. We have to bring our people together. We have to educate them, organize them, unite, plan, and organize. Because we are. In this particular country, those of us who are not, we are not, we are not united. And the unity is the key. And then after unity, you want to work on building character and leadership skills. We are going to take this system apart and we're going to rebuild it because it's not just and it's not equal and it's not equality there. And I'm going to just say this and I'm going to shut up and let someone else talk a few minutes we got left. You have some very, very intelligent classmates, and I really appreciate them. I learned so much from them. Thank you very much for hearing me. Thank you for calling in and contributing today. You're right. 888 today. 4888. Today we are contemplating a question. The question is, if you had your druthers, I'm calling up your choices, and the power to change the American political system, would you? And what kind of system would we then have? What's your response to a question like that? If you had your druthers and the power to change the American political system, would you? And what kind of system would we then have? We're rounding the bend now toward the end of the program, so it would be good if you have something to offer to get it done, because uh, we, we're coming to the end of the program today. You see, these are the things that we ought to be talking about. Uh, and there are so many ways that people see the world based on their experience in it. But we also have to listen to the wisdom, the acquired wisdom that we are exposed to all the time. But it doesn't seem like we're doing a good job of that. It seems as if we believe the wisdom is going to come from the books that we read and studies and all that kind of stuff, but actually they're coming from within. And 
from the experience, the direct experience of people. And we would, it would be smart if we pay attention and try our best to see how we can come in line with many of the things that they're saying because they will be of benefit to mankind. All right, this is your last chance before it's goodbye time. 888-874-4888. What would that system be, your system, your vision of the changes that, or the big changes that we need to make and do so right away because we are far behind already? What do you think that we should do and should consider doing in order to lift ourselves out of the morass that we are in. Do you have any ideas? 888-874-4888. This is the kind of thing my father used to do to ask us these kinds of questions. Um, He had these sessions which we thought were torture sessions, but he called them constitutional talks. We never talked about the Constitution. In fact, we weren't allowed to talk too much. But uh, we were asked to ponder things, give answers, to think about something, and put it out there for consideration uh, in his constitutional talks, uh, usually on a Saturday night. So you grow up with a different kind of consciousness. Uh, let me just say, or you grow up with a consciousness to begin with. So this is something I would personally recommend that families engage in these kinds of talks. I used to think that they were kind of crazy. <laughs> But the older I got, the more I appreciated it, that my father took the time and the initiative to start poking at our minds and saying, you should have an opinion of your own based on your own experience and knowledge as well. But uh, we should... We should revive some version of that as part of our family practice. We've come to the end of our program today. I want to thank you very much for contributing your considered thoughts and opinions today. And we'll get together again tomorrow and do some more talking. How about that? See you then. Bye-bye.